Today's reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I have a friend who I regularly go and get lunch with that we sit down and usually he has some type of story he wants to share with me, a story that he thinks uh, that I will find very interesting for whatever uh, the purpose may be. And so he starts going into the story And then about 30 minutes later, he's still going on with the story. And I sit there and I'm like, why are you telling me this? Because I've already forgotten the reason he thought I'd be interested in it. I've already wondered why is it that he is over-communicating the details that really don't mean anything to the story. But yet... Because of my, um, I guess, attitude, maybe, I miss out on hearing like, oh, that is really cool at times. Now, some of his stories, he didn't need to tell me. But some of them, there is a, a real reason. There's a, there's a excitement around it and, and something that, you know, I personally, yeah, would get excited about. But yet I sit there and I say, well, what's the big deal? What are we talking about? And I feel like we've probably all been in that place at some point in our life. We've been in that place where we're like, uh, why are you telling me this? What is the, the purpose? Like, I, it's just not, not connecting with me. And maybe it is because it's over-communicated, it goes a little longer than it needs to, or we've zoned out and we've missed a couple of details. I, I don't know what that reason may be. But I feel 
as if when we miss out on those things, we miss out on uh, some incredible stories, some incredible moments that might have an incredibly enormous impact. And I sit here and I wonder how many people probably have felt a little bit in that way when they open up the Gospel of Matthew. Because when you open up the Gospel of Matthew, the 17 verses that we did not read, it's all genealogy, right? This person was son of this person, was son of this person, and this person. And I remember the very first time that I read that, and one, I couldn't pronounce most of the names, and I sat here and I'm like, why am I reading this? What is the purpose of this? Finally, as I matured in my faith and matured in my understanding of the biblical text and just kind of the purposes of different things, there's a reason. There's a reason because in the Jewish tradition, when they were waiting for a Messiah, they were waiting for something incredible, someone incredible to come into the world. One of the characteristics of the Messiah was that he would be from the house of David. He would be from the line of David. So what Matthew's doing right here in those first 17 verses that we didn't read is Matthew is trying to show the importance of the genealogy of Jesus. But here's the kicker. Then why Joseph, who was from the house of David, Why is Joseph having to be convinced of what is going on? Why is it that an angel is coming to Joseph? That angel is coming to Joseph because Joseph, initially in that moment, is like, hey, this is not my kid. There's no way it can be my kid. So what do I do? I imagine there were a lot of emotions. There's probably some some sadness for Joseph, some anger. Because he's sitting here and he's like, I know without a doubt this is not mine. But yet I'm about to marry this girl. What am I supposed to do? And yet that's when the angel appears to Joseph in his dream, sharing with Joseph who this child is. Sharing with Joseph that this child that, that his fiance is carrying is the Son of God. That this child is God's presence with us on this earth. Now, if an angel had appeared to me in a dream and told me that, I probably still would have been very hesitant. Because when I think about my dreams, most of the time there's <laughs> there's no meaning to them for me. 
a lot of times it's just some crazy story that now I get to tell that people say, why'd you tell me this again? But yet Joseph in waking up, seeing the angel in his dream, Joseph shows us an incredible expression of love and acknowledging who this baby is. Acknowledging through the angel coming to him in his dream that this is the Son of God. And then goes on to love this baby in an incredible and amazing way, even though that initial moment, he was like, this isn't mine. And that love that Joseph shows this baby that then turns into a toddler, then turns into an angsty teenager, and then goes on to do some incredible ministry and miracles in the world, that love is powerful. Because what would Jesus' ministry have been if Joseph had just walked away? And said, no, it's not mine. It's an incredible expression of love that we see. The other amazing expression of love that we see is just God coming into the world to be with us, to be in community with us. You know, when we think about how Jesus is to be named Emmanuel, God with us. God didn't have to send his son here, but he did. He sent his son into a world that was messed up, a world that uh, seemed very dark, a world that was sinful, a world that had somewhat lost the idea and the, the, the knowledge and had lost the mission that God, the God who created us, that we are to love that God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, it had become a, a society where um, rules and, um, you know, this idea of, of institution was more important than act, the actual God who created them. And so God came into the world to show us how to love. God came into the world to give us grace So those two incredible expressions of love that we see transform lives, transformed our lives. Love itself is a tool and an emotion that transforms lives in an incredible way. 
Because when we think about maybe some of our, our darkest moments within our lives, and we think about the people who surrounded us and loved us in that time, and the impact that it had on us, Love is a powerful thing. And in knowing how incredible and how powerful love can be, and seeing the love that Joseph had for Jesus and acknowledging who Jesus was, seeing the love that God had for us in sending Jesus to be in community with us, then are we not supposed to continue that love and that presence today? Are we not called to be God's love to the world? Those of us sitting here who acknowledge and know how incredible that love that God has for us should we not want to shout from everywhere we are so that the people who are searching and wanting to be loved can know that God is with them, that God loves them more than they will be able to comprehend just as God loves us? There was a reason 2,000 years ago they were waiting for a Messiah. It had been prophesied about through Isaiah and some of the other prophets because they were, they were looking for something more. They had lost sight. And so then Jesus comes into the world, Emmanuel, God's presence with us. And he loved. He loved on all of those around him. Even some of the hardest people to love. He did so. And so as we continue to wait and anticipate the arrival of God's presence with us, Emmanuel, as we continue to grow, as we continue to feel that love and that grace in our lives, I pray that we can go out into the world and that we can love. That we can love as Joseph did to a boy that was not his, but yet was. That we can go and that we can love like the presence of God who came into the world to love us. Love's a powerful thing. And knowing that God loves us 
Let's help the world know that it's not just us that God loves, but that it's all of God's children. Amen. And so now as uh, we continue on through worship, the band comes up. I accidentally said amen a little too early. So let us go to God in prayer. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the love that Joseph had for your son and the way Joseph helped raise your son, Emmanuel, who was the presence of God with us on this earth. And so, Lord, help us as we wait and and eagerly anticipate the arrival of Christ into this world. Let us let the world know that they are loved and that they belong to you, our God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.